This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Siobhan Moran McFarlane. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 16th of November. In your Squiz today, Albanese meets with Xi, more record flooding, Djokovic is set to return, and we're ditching the dinner party. This is your Squiz today. Claire, the G20 is well underway in Bali, which you and Alice spoke about in detail yesterday. But I think they'll have to rename this year's summit the G20, as China's President Xi Jinping is the man everyone wants to get a meeting with. And last night, our Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, got his turn. But it wasn't quite the three-hour epic sit-down that US President Joe Biden got. Like your line, Siobhan, about the G20, very nicely done. (laughs) Albanese got an exact 32 minutes with the Chinese leader. He pointed out that the meeting ran over time. Uh, Both men agreed that the relationship is an important one uh, that has run into trouble in recent times, Uh, but there were no agreements or commitments to do anything to improve things. And Albanese said that it wasn't realistic uh, to expect any immediate declarations. Uh, But he did lay out Australia's concerns, things like blockages in our trading relationship, uh, concerns about human rights issues in China. uh, And he said that he raised the cases of Cheng Lei and Dr. Yang Hengzheng. They're Australian citizens who are in attention in China. And for Xi's part, he says that he wants to see an improvement in the relationship. Yeah, that was certainly Australia's big takeaway from the summit yesterday, but it was by no means the only important thing that happened. Another man everyone was looking to was Russia's Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov, who is there in place of President Vladimir Putin. And Lavrov had to watch on as several countries made rather pointed comments about the war in Ukraine. Yeah, so yesterday's opening session was focused on that uh, and Russia was widely canned by leaders around the table. Lavrov also spoke on Russia's behalf, but there was no walkout and that's something that has consistently happened uh, this year when Russian representatives have spoken at big conferences, but the G20 leaders stayed put. Uh, Also addressing the meeting was Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky via video link. He called on the leaders to back his peace plan to bring an end to the war. The G20 will continue today before Albanese and others travel to Thailand tomorrow ahead of the APEC Leaders Summit on Friday. And if you'd like to know more about this G20 meeting and the organisation's purpose, we have an excellent squiz shortcut from last week that breaks it all down. So we'll pop a link to that in your episode notes. Claire, you and Alice spoke about the ongoing floods yesterday, and it seems there are a lot of people who just cannot catch a break at the moment. Residents in the New South Wales town of Forbes have been ordered to evacuate as it faces its second major flood in as many weeks. And this time it's likely to be the biggest in history. 
It's just extraordinary how much water is going down the Lachlan River at the moment, uh, and that follows heavy rain in the central west of New South Wales on the weekend. Uh, Following so much heavy rain before then, uh, the area is just so sodden and there's nowhere for these big dumps of rain to go except to cause floods. So, as you say, Forbes is evacuating again uh, and a huge flood is anticipated there. There are so many towns affected in that region. Late yesterday, there were 17 flood warnings in place across 25 areas of the Central West, and many of those are at emergency levels. Yes, the State Emergency Service says it's been one of the biggest operations in New South Wales's history, as they've performed hundreds of rescues in just a couple of days. And we have many Squiz listeners and newsletter readers from that area, and we really hope that you're staying safe. Claire, I don't think any of us have forgotten the drama that surrounded Serbian tennis star Novak Djokovic at the start of this year when he was ultimately unable to compete in the Australian Open and deported over his COVID vaccination status. But it seems all is forgiven and he'll be back on our shores in January. Yep, that was definitely a feature of the start of the year and reports now say that Djokovic's lawyers have spent months trying to have his visa ban overturned. Uh, The thing to remember here is that while the vaccination mandate to enter Australia has been lifted, uh, Djokovic had a three-year ban on coming back to Australia because he was deported. Uh, So it was up to the Immigration Minister to overturn that and late yesterday it was confirmed that Andrew Giles had done just that. Djokovic is currently the world number eight men's player after dominating the number one spot for a very long time, but he dropped down the rankings after he was prevented from competing both here and in the US Open this year because he wasn't vaccinated for COVID. Speaking of COVID, Claire, the experts warn we need to brace for a fourth wave of infections. We talked about that last week after Queensland upped their health advice. So if you're wondering if you need a booster, many will need to hold tight for now. Yeah, so ATAGI, who are the official vaccine advisors to government, say that a fifth COVID jab is off the cards for now. Officials are strongly advising us to get vaccinated or boosted if you're up for those shots. Uh, But the current recommendation is to have the initial course of two jabs and then two boosters. So Health Minister Mark Butler said that that advice would be reviewed again early next year. Yes, and Chief Medical Officer Paul Kelly says that while there has been a 47% increase in the number of COVID cases in the past week, he expects that the latest wave will, quote, peak soon and drop quickly. So hopefully that means we won't see massive disruptions to our Christmas plans. A quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP. 
Claire, I often think it's a spectacular idea to invite loads of friends over for a fancy dinner, <laughs> but then massively regret it when I'm unshowered and six hours into cooking just minutes before they arrive, which could be one very good reason why a new survey has found that many of us just can't be bothered anymore. <laughs> so, look, to start with, it's a survey from the UK, so we'll keep that in mind. Maybe us Aussies are a little bit more sociable, I don't know. But it found that people are increasingly opting out of formal gatherings and instead they want to just rock up to their mates' places in their tracky uh ready for a takeaway uh, or even just a packaged microwave meal. And, of course, in the UK they do those ready meals quite a bit better, I think, than we do here in Australia. But uh, about 80% of the 2,000 people that were surveyed uh, even said that they thought the phrase dinner party was too old school. Yeah, you certainly get a lot more packaged food in England and the UK. I don't know if it's better, though. I think that's definitely a diplomatic. Yeah, very <laughs> diplomatic. <laughs> but I want to know where you personally stand, Claire, because the Friday Lights recipes are a highlight for many of our squizzes. So I reckon you'd be a top host and I'm definitely angling for an invite here. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to do that. I love cooking for people. I don't know how good I am at it, but I'm enthusiastic and I think that's the important thing. I'm willing to give you a go. I reckon you'd be all right. <laughs> Squeeze the day, Claire, and the long-anticipated launch of NASA's Artemis 1 is set for blast-off late this afternoon, our time. Yeah, so there have been months of weather delays and lots of technical problems with that launch. And remember, this is the rocket that's going to the moon. It's uncrewed and it's in advance of a crewed mission for 2025. It's been 50 years since humans have been to the moon, so fingers crossed for a good launch. It's incredible the amount of time, isn't it? You think that happened a lot sooner than that. It's wild and, yeah, we wonder why it's been such a big gap, but I guess they know what they're doing. Anyway, that's it from us today. Have a great day and we'll catch you again tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.